if you take away anything from listening to this podcast <laughs> about maternal health in general, it's that isolation is our worst enemy, right? And you might say the same for business, for entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and this podcast is especially made for you if you are a highly ambitious businesswoman, you take your business very seriously, and you know that this entire experience is one long journey. Welcome to the entire Biz Women Rock community. There are thousands of other women entrepreneurs just like you who are on this journey with you. My job here at the podcast is to be able to give you some insights, really deep and soul-fulfilling conversations about this journey, strategies that might help you along, and words of encouragement so that you can have the most joy possible. You're jumping into a special series that I'm running right now called the Mompreneur Series because not only have I been a mompreneur for the past two and a half years, but there are so many other women entrepreneurs who also are mothers. Now, whether you are a mother or not, I promise you that listening to each and every one of these incredible conversations with these women will teach you something, at least one or two nuggets that you will walk away with that will allow you to maybe work your business a little bit better, implement a strategy that somebody talked about, and most importantly, make you feel connected and that we are all in this game together. So enjoy the Mompreneur series on the Biz Women Rock podcast. Ariana Toboada is a maternal health consultant for entrepreneurs, and she had been working with moms quite a long time before she herself became pregnant. She helps moms prep for maternity leave because, let's face it, there's no perfect maternity leave formula for those of us who run our own businesses. So when she became pregnant, Ariana wisely took all of her wisdom and applied it to herself. I created a client slot for myself in my schedule, she said. During this interview, Ariana talks about how her four-month maternity leave plan got interrupted when her baby boy was just six weeks old. The biggest lesson that she's learned to make her mompreneur life work, and that is to have a dedicated time for work and dedicated time for her son. We both talk about our thoughts about mommy groups and the kind of mommy playdates that she had regularly in her son's first year of life and how and why she chose to give that up as he got older. And we talked about why she doesn't plan her business too far ahead. And as a matter of fact, she only makes strategic plans for one quarter at a time. You're going to really enjoy Ariana and this conversation. Ariana, how are you, girl? I'm good. How are you doing, Katie? (laughs) You and I are laughing right now because this is take two on our... On our interview, little fun tidbit about podcasters is that even somebody who's been podcasting for four and a half years can suddenly just lose the audio recording of our last interview. (laughs) So thankfully, you were gracious enough to be like, sure, we could totally do it over. And I was like, oh my God, that's the biggest gift, by the way, because time for those of us who are business owners and for those of us who are mommies, like time is the biggest commodity. So I thank you so much for the gift of doing this again for the sake of our awesome listeners. (laughs) 
Sure. And I'm happy to be back and have a follow-up conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So we're here for the Mompreneur Series. We're talking about how we manage this life of entrepreneurship first and foremost, and then this life of mommyhood because you had the same path I did where you were running your business before you had your baby. And so now all of a sudden you had both of those lives sort of combined or crashing into one, let's say. Let's get some of a a little bit of a background about you because you have a unique, awesome spin in the fact that you are not only a mompreneur, but you help mompreneurs. Like Your business is to support women who are getting ready to have a baby and how to do that in the most graceful way possible. So how did you even get involved in that in the first place? How did you become a maternal health consultant? Sure. So I'm one of those weird people who kind of early on in life found something that I really loved doing and continued to do it in some way, shape or form. So early on, I was mostly... uh, I'm formally trained as a clinical health educator and then went to social work school and then did a master's in maternal and child health. But early on, I found that my like happy spot was in clinics. So I was working with informal health systems, supporting women specifically during reproductive years, um, but around a whole host of issues. And I really liked both being in person and being able to talk to folks and talk about a range of issues that ultimately impact your health. I continued to do that with informal health systems during my training and eventually went into private practice. And of course, like any business, the different iterations of my private practice addressed different subpopulations within maternal health. So I started out primarily working in kind of the postpartum period. And what I started realizing was people were coming to me in crisis where it was like they had hit rock bottom. And and it was my job to work with them. (laughs) That's a rough time. How long did you work with moms in postpartum? From 2010 to 2013, that was the primary service I was providing. Wow. I mean, that had to be really emotionally intense for you because they are in emergency mode and it's just about survival and how do I get out of this moment, right? Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I love the one-on-one work. And during that 2010 to 2013, I was also shifting some of my work into research because sometimes it's easier to like deal with data and deal with numbers mm-hmm. than deal with people. And I found that I needed that split of not being immersed in the daily grind of other people's lives in addition to my life yeah. <laughs> 24-7. So I had kind of a 50-50 one-on-one work, the other half being work with uh, health systems and health organizations around still maternal health issues, but that step back, the zoom out. And then I started really sitting and thinking about this postpartum and what was so hard about it from my perspective as a service provider. And I went back to my like public health roots, which is I was coming in at what we call secondary prevention. So a problem's already happened and you're trying to help folks find a way out of it and then prevent it from happening again. But primary prevention is actually thinking about the problem before it even happens. So in 2015... 2013, 2015, I was kind of experimenting with what could I do to shift my model? And I shifted to primarily working on maternity leave issues with self-employed women. I worked with the population before. It was just kind of who I tended to attract. You're kind of go-getter, business-owning women who were really good at everything and then having a baby threw that off. (laughs) Yeah. And prepping for maternity leave, or I should say maternity leave in general, doesn't look the same to somebody who's self-employed as it does to somebody who's employed. Exactly. There is no roadmap. There's no 
policy. There's usually not a structure for how you make that happen. And everyone's business model can be slightly different. And so everyone's maternity leave plan can be slightly different. So that's the fun and the challenging part of my work. And I really did some iterating over and kind of prototyping, if you will, like tip, hat tip to the startup world, but tried to figure out what could I provide that really helped women at that specific juncture with this specific problem that there isn't a whole lot of resources out there about. There's like some great blog posts of people who did it their way and it worked for them, but it's pretty hard to copy paste maternity leave. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is such an interesting topic because if you're listening to this and you're not a mommy or you're not yet a mommy, or you're just like, just this business idea is really interesting to you. This is really good information to know because you can use this for like any sense of like, hey, I want to not be attached to my business for a couple of months, right? Like I want to prepare for... Or maybe there's some sort of like life event that's about to happen. Like, I mean, it's really universal for anyone who wants to even just be like, hey, I want to kind of like build a business that can work a little bit more without me than it is right now. So this idea of maternity leave can be a little bit more universal as well. But what did you find after working with all of these women, these self-employed women who are high achievers, goal-getters, let's do it, who probably were like me and like, dude, I'm superwoman. I could totally do this. I don't need to prep too much. Like, I just need to get a little off my plate. What did you find has been one of the biggest challenges for those women in preparing for maternity leave? I think the narrative around maternity leave that exists for women who are not self-employed is like you have a certain amount of weeks or months off and then you go back full-time. So for entrepreneurs, I think there's actually the silver lining, but it's a little hard to get folks to wrap our heads around that you don't have to go from full-time maternity leave to full-time back into your business. There is actually... like You can create a really phased or gradual re-entry back into your business. And once people realize that that's an option, I've seen them be so much better positioned to come back into their business with doing the things they really love or doing the things that are most important to them or doing the things, identifying the things that really truly only they can do and being able to kind of reverse engineer what they ideally want to be working on when they get back into their business and set up the maternity leave plan from there. I mean, I would imagine that so many times you're probably working as some sort of a... Like you have to kind of have an operator's head in helping assist them, create a little bit more systems and processes in order to kind of step out for a little while. Because I would imagine that's a very big part of prepping is that you have to be able to let go of a lot of the stuff that you're doing on an everyday basis. Yeah. It's having like a very come to Jesus audit of all your business functions. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Are you really going to be doing this while, you know, while running on two hours of sleep or while in a lot of pain for some people? So that I think is another piece that is really important is thinking about really centering you alongside your business in terms of how do you design a maternity leave plan that makes sure that you are taking care of physically, but also mentally and emotionally, all the different facets of you as a person so that you can 
integrate this new identity of mother along with your identity as a business owner and all the other different ways we identify. And we're multifaceted people. And so trying to allow that time for reintegration and knowing that you are an important asset, if not the most important asset in your business's longevity. So how do you set up a plan that takes care of that asset in addition to all the other kind of things that we typically think about as assets in our business? So Ariana, I'm really interested because you were doing this work before you got pregnant and then you got pregnant. So I kind of want to know, like, did the cobbler have the most messed up shoes? Like, (laughs) I want to put that on you, but like, it's so, I can say this, I'll own this. As someone who provides one-on-one strategy and coaching for people in business, like women who really, really want to make some major growth in their business... I find myself so often reflecting back my own stuff. Like, oh, I'm totally going through this right now. And that's exactly what you're going through. And so like, we kind of like both need to learn this lesson again, right? Or I'll find that whatever issue, like for example, a client of mine is dealing with, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like I'm learning just as much as they are at some point. So how long before you got pregnant had you been doing this particular work? And then what happened when you got pregnant? What did you do? Yeah. So I was offering the maternity leave planning service, which is like the primary thing I do for about a year before I got pregnant. And then I essentially took up a client slot for myself. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's smart. And really, it comes back to the same thing that even though I was like talking about and living and breathing this stuff day in and day out, it still required me carving out the time and going through the process of thinking about it for myself. like I wasn't just like, Oh, this is what I'll do. And in half an hour, I had my own maternity leave plan. I really had to sit down and think about my own business model and what I wanted to be doing and how much time I wanted to take off. And what were the support systems that I had to draw on? And what were the gaps in the support that I had? And I kind of one of the principles that I work with is planning for more time than you think you might need rather than less. And so I actually planned for, so I did this through like a combination of batching and negotiating some larger contracts and honestly taking a pay cut. So I banked about four months of maternity leave for myself. And then I found that about six weeks postpartum, I was like, my brain needs something else to focus on. <laughs> I'm tired of thinking about line. sleep and poop. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I really think I really had to focus on... I hadn't planned and kind of created the kind of coaching process for myself that I support other people in doing on the reintegration side. So I was just like, well... You know, there's my maternity leave plan, and that's what I have set up, and we'll deal with all the reintegration stuff on the other side. And then when that happened earlier than I expected, I was like, huh, this is interesting. And kind of again, just had to sit myself down and be like, what, like, who are the people who I can go to to talk through this? Because if you take away anything from listening to this podcast <laughs> about maternal health in general, it's that isolation is our worst enemy, right? And yeah. you might say the same for business, for entrepreneurship. So navigating that by myself was 
I knew was not the route I needed to take. At that six-week mark, I didn't really have a whole lot of childcare. I was like interviewing nannies. And so I actually started bringing someone on, again, earlier than expected, just at eight hours a week. But that was what gave me... That eight hours a week until about four months postpartum was what gave me that approach that I found that I needed to get back into business and that I never could have known on the front end. So the takeaway is... Approach planning with a spirit of experimentation and curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's pretty much what I do. I always call it the 80 20 rule in planning, you know, like plan and then like just get moving because it's never going to go according to plan. So, like, you got to be ready for things to, to move and twist and turn and experiment along the way. So, since you've become a mother, how, how old is, is your kid now? My son just turned two. Two. Okay. Gotcha. So you've been doing this mompreneur thing for two years now. What have you learned? What, what are a couple of big lessons that you've learned about managing both of those lives? So I have found that for me, having a really clear split between my time as a mom and my time working <laughs> has been crucial. And I know you, you know, you have kind of a similar setup where you have your mom and daughter days and then your mm-hmm. business days. So I have really found that that's like... That's a non-negotiable for me. And that means that I have a certain amount of hours every week where I can typically count on unless there's like a sick day or a daycare closure or something that I can typically count on to get my work done. And I really have to plan for less than that. (laughs) So having buffers around my work time so that things that just take a little bit longer actually get done um, without having to be pushed back weeks or months. And within that business time, Again, going back to the isolation piece within that business time is also when I try and maintain connections and time with colleagues, time with you know friends who are also in business. Because I find that if I don't prioritize it in my business time, it doesn't fit into like the mom time. So yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious to know how... I, I, this is a question I should have been asking every single mompreneur. Do you... Do like mommy dates or like play dates? Like, how does that work for you getting together with other mommies in your local area? So, the first year of my son's life, I had an in person moms group that we got together once a week, if not more. I was still the first year, so from the four month mark to when my son turned a year old, um, I was only working about 20, 25 hours a week. Now I'm working more like 30, 35. And honestly, it's been one of the things to go. <laughs> um, partly, we moved when he turned one year. So I was in a new location and just didn't have that same kind of built-in mom's group. But the other thing is that when I needed more work hours, like something else had to go. And that's one of the hard things is that it's impossible, I think, to just continuously add more to my plate, to our plates. <laughs> so in taking on something like more work hours or like a new project or like a new client, um, it often means finding something else that I can pull back on either in my business or in home life. So yeah. Yeah. Now that that I'm saying it, I'm like, Oh, (laughs) maybe I should go make some new mom friends. (laughs) Well, you know what I say? I asked that question because I will own this experience. So this doesn't need to be true for anyone else. I found that I, uh, I had such an idealized version of what mompreneurship would look like. Like, of course, I would build the multi-million dollar empire in the mornings and nap times and evenings. Of course, I would do that and be the full-time mommy too. Like, just didn't work for me. 
I know people who do that and that's I didn't work for me. But I also had this beautiful idealized version of what it would be like to have all these play dates and and like go around and like hang out with mommies and their kids and not necessarily always like in a formalized type of a meetup, but just like I remember my mom, she was so good. She she had six kids and she worked, but she worked intermittently, meaning like you know, usually for the first six months to a year of a new kid, she was probably not working. And then when she did go back to work, it was part-time or around the kid's schedule. And so, so many of my childhood memories are of her kind of making the rounds to her friends' houses throughout the week, you know? So it was like, we'd go to Denise's on this day and, and all the kids would just play together. And I just remember my mom and her friend would just be sitting there having coffee, eating lunch, and it would be like a whole day long endeavor. And then on the next day, we'd go to Auntie Kathy's house. And on the next day, we'd be over here at the library. So like she, like her friends and their kids were just such a part of us growing up and a part of her life. So I craved that when I first had a baby. And A, I kind of started reaching out and it just didn't happen. And then I got... you know The first couple of months, I was just like, okay, let me just concentrate on keeping this kid alive. And then, and then I'll get to it, right? <laughs> And then when I finally... When she started going to daycare two days a week, she was about three months old. Then I was like, okay, cool. So now, now I can breathe a little bit. Like, Let me see if there's something formal out there. And I searched for mommy groups. And what I found was that I was trying to like solidify your schedule. So sometimes it didn't work. Sometimes it did work. Sometimes I didn't want to rush in order to get this. Like The scheduling thing was crazy. And so I just found like there was never like a regular cadence to anything that I could do, even though I really wanted that. And then I found like the fellow mompreneurs, right? And I loved hanging out with the fellow mompreneurs, but everyone was on a different schedule. <laughs> so like, I, I have to admit, like I have found... you know, she, My daughter's two and a half. And I have found a couple of really great friends that like, okay, we can we see each other every once in a while, but it's definitely not on the regular. And it's sort of splotchy. And I'm like, I find myself really craving that. And yet it hasn't just really happened naturally or easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like such... I feel like this is like the bummer of life post-kindergarten <laughs> is it is really hard to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean it is. It's like as an adult cuz now you've got all the adult things on you, right? Like the the social norms, but it's it is what it is and I just find that very interesting because I think that that's a not talked about thing amongst moms in general and there's a lot of resources for it to like help you figure it out because I, oh my gosh, in every city there's so many mom groups, right? Which is great. So many opportunities for moms. So anyway, this is my little PSA to try and go find something that works for you and if it doesn't it's totally okay. Yeah. And that it can take like months, weeks, years of trying before you find something that works, either like a group that you gel with or a place that you know that you can consistently go to. And like the kids are changing so quickly that like maybe like there's some great cafes with little play areas. And then after a few months, they're like over it. I, mean, yeah, I, need, I need more room to explore. So Constant change. That, Common theme of experimentation. (laughs) How do you deal with business itself? And you alluded to this before when you were talking about sort of the different evolutions of your business, right? And that's constantly true. What your business looks like now is not going to be what it looks like in a year, two years, five years. So how do you manage the intensity of the constant evolution experimenting with business and with your kid? Like Those are two intense individual evolutions to really be on top of because in in business I feel I feel this as an entrepreneur in business I feel like there's no such thing as just getting by there's no such thing as like oh 
I've got things working and now I'm complacent and I just sit back and let things run. Like there's no such thing. Like this life of an entrepreneur dictates that you have to be on and on edge in a good way, like that you have to be at the forefront of your business's evolution and aware and conscious. That's ex- that can be really exhausting. But we mompreneurs have that times two with being in that space for kids, for our kids too. So talk a little bit about that. Like, How do you manage, I guess, the intensity of that or the strategy of that or the responsibility of those? Yeah. So I think because the nature, especially like the phase we're in of of the early childhood (laughs) phase, because that is so constant and ever-changing, what helps me deal with that in terms of like keeping on track in my business is finding actually finding shorter amounts of time in my business that I can do planning for and center um, kind of goals and metrics around. So what has worked really well since having my son is planning in quarters and actually never, you know, I used to do like look a year, three years, five years ahead and try and set goals and metrics and then work towards those. But what has actually helped me more is never looking more than like a year ahead. (laughs) And that's just, you know, in the past two years of raising a small child. And so for each quarter, I am thinking, okay, what in this quarter is going to be the focus that can get me to this goal that I have set out for a year ahead. But I'm really just focused on the next three months and doing kind of that immediate short-term work. And at the end of every quarter, doing some serious reflection and evaluation. And that has helped me just feel like the long-term growth is so much more manageable when I can break it down into smaller chunks and really get a sense for what is working. You know, Lots of times, I consider these like quarter-long experiments. And a lot of the time, the learning is what didn't work and what should I not do again? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But even that is useful because... I don't feel like I've invested such a huge amount of time. And when I have a clear learning that something is not working, I can let it go and know that I dedicated 3 months to it and I can move on. That is so smart. I love that you just said that. I think that's such a smart strategy and it allows things to not be overwhelming. I just watched... Have you ever seen that YouTube show, Impact Theory? I have not. It's a beautiful show. I think it's Tom Bilyeu is the name of the guy who runs it. But he interviews all of these really amazing people and just gets into their head about how they do what they do, right? So I just watched one where he was interviewing the dude, I'm not going to remember his name, but he is like the cowboy Ironman or Ironman cowboy. Like he's run like 20 some odd Ironmans. Ironman is a giant triathlon. So you're talking, I don't know the exact numbers. It's like 170 some odd miles on the bike. It's X amount of miles swimming and then a marathon, right? Like all in one. And he's done 20 plus of these. And he talked about how... One of the many things he talked about was like, how how did he do that? Like, how did he keep that goal and keep so focused? Like, how did he keep going every day knowing that this was such a big thing that he wanted to do? And he said two things. He said, number one, I'm really big on teaching my kids to honor your word. So if you say you're going to do something, you got to give it your all, right? You got to do it. So he's like, every moment in a low moment, I kept coming back to like, I told my kids I was going to do this. I told my kids I was going to do this. But the second thing he said, he's like, I never saw the big picture. He's like, you know, I'm a big believer in like, yes, that's the big dream. That's awesome. He's like, but take it and shelf it. Don't forget about it, but shelf it. And then just focus on the next step. That's it. The next step, the next day that you have to train, you know, the next thing that you're moving towards, because that's it. And then 
the muscle, the mental and emotional and physical muscle that you build in showing up every day and just doing that next thing and that next thing and that next thing or going these three months at a time and just finishing that quarter out, finishing that quarter out. The muscle that you build... Really, like all of a sudden, two years later, you're probably looking back going, holy crap, like I have done some really awesome stuff. And I can't believe what I've built over these past two years. And I'm so much further towards this big dream that I put on the shelf and I'm just going to keep my nose down, right? And it's just so pertinent. I think it's such a powerful way of being and way of approaching your business, your kids, how you do a lot of stuff. And and I think that that's not a popular belief. I actually think... I mean, I think we all know this. Like We're probably all like, oh yeah, of course, that makes sense. But we're really actually taught like, keep your eye on the prize, keep, like, keep focusing on the big dream, right? And I actually think how to get it done is not to focus on it and just to take little baby steps in front of you. Yeah. And so I think like someone outside looking in might be like, oh, her goals are so small or like not that impressive. But like you said, I am trusting that the cumulative impact of those small efforts will be bigger than any goal I could imagine for myself right now and commit to doing five years from now. Yes. I love, I love that. Ariana, this has been such an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing a little bit about your mompreneur journey and about how you support mompreneurs. I think it's such an important time that prepping for maternity leave and the actual living now in these lives of being an entrepreneur and being a mom. And I just so appreciate you sharing your wisdom here today. Of course. Thanks for having me, Katie. Some of my coaching clients come to me because they are so incredibly determined to get to that next phase of their business. And they just need some help doing it. Some of my clients come to me because they are so overwhelmed and in the throes of chaos, and they come to me for focus and clarity and intentional strategies. But overall, all of my clients come to me because they crave to do more, to show up more in line with who they are and what they love to do in this world in a way that gives them the business that they love. Some people call me a business coach, Some people call me a business strategist. Others call me their business therapist. Whatever kind of support you need, that is what I am here to provide. If you are ready to get your business to the next phase that you know you are ready for, or you are so done with all of that chaos and overwhelm, and you're ready to make some serious moves and push through that chaos, then let's chat. Right now, I have three spots open for private clients. And if you are ready for the clarity and the results and ultimately the joy that comes along with a customized support, then working privately with me might be exactly what you need. Go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash work with Katie and go schedule a free 15 minute match session so that you and I can get on a call and make sure we are the perfect match.